We are back, baby. We are back. That's we right. are back. You are looking live. We get after it. You know, we jabber jaw, we go tit for tat, we have our little differences. Let's get funky like a monkey. And here we go. Hello and welcome to the Moose and Roots Podcast. This is episode 152 of the pod coming at you twice this week. Uh, it's a twofer. Uh, we took, it's a twofer. We took last week off. A little bit of dip in the sporting schedule made for a nice uh, a break for the Moose and Roots boys. Uh, and we filled that time with golf, uh, both of us. So we are going to come at you here. Two pods this week. This is going to be a golf Golf mailbag, golf news, golf centric pod. Later on in the week, we'll be bringing you a bear schedule wrap up along with everything else going on in the sporting world. Maybe a little bit of UFC talk coming out of that, uh, out of that bizarre card. I mean, just a fantastic watch, but uh, we can dig a little bit into that today in talking about golf and maybe the fan aspect of these sports. But with all those things said, I say one thing first, and that is Matt Rooney. How are you? Joe, for the first time in like three days, it doesn't hurt to walk. I'm feeling all right. My body isn't that sore. I'm, I'm getting, I got out of bed this morning, didn't really feel it you know, that much in my legs and my feet. Got a little bit maybe in the ankles still, but for the most part, seems like the lactic acid has been shaken out. and I'm finally, finally not walking with a limp or sore or anything. Nice. So uh, to, to give a little background here, this was the weekend that the annual Rooney Cousins trip that I'm so lucky to be with the addition to. of jo- featuring Joe, that's what featuring that's what Joe, featuring, featuring Joe, Joe. Um, the what was Joe Cella last year was Joe Cella, Joe Cella. Palm Springs. Yeah. Um, we all met at the main stage. We had a great time this year. We were supposed to be headed down to Florida. The guys were nice enough to move the trip to my seaboard. Once again, last year they came out West this year, they head East. Um, we were all set to play stream song. Going to be a beautiful weekend down in Florida, in the central Florida area, taking all that great golf. Did not happen. So the Rooney trip went on without their feature act or their featuring act uh, being myself. And you guys went up north. Tell us a little bit about the trip. You guys played some great courses in Wisconsin. We did uh, Sand Valley, the, the entire complex facility, whatever you want to call it up there, about three and a half hours outside of Chicago. Um, luckily it was one of the Wisconsin head golf courses kind of open for a while now, and they finally mm-hmm. opened up their doors and facilities so they could have, you know, house everybody and, uh, open up everything. I think it was May 1st. And I think Brian was one of the first few people, my cousin Brian was one of the first few people to call, um, got us uh, booked our tee times. So we're up there from Thursday morning till about Saturday midday is when we left. We played uh, around at, uh, there, there's three courses, I guess, two courses and one short course. You know, the, okay. the little 17 hole, you know, it's either f- anywhere from 50 yards to 130 yards on every hole. There's 17 short holes, huh? There's 17 holes, yeah. What, what's the ethos behind that? It's a great question. I don't really know. Uh, most of these Come short courses. Okay, now this, is, this is where this is where, this is is where where a trip goes awry. I want – I maybe could be the traveling historian for the, for the yeah. Rooney cousin trip. Because well, there's that's a reason the you thing. get invited. I mean – That's the type of thing. I, I'm on the grounds an extra half an hour early – Trying to get in the ear of maybe well, in uh, fairness, Joe. In fairness, Joe, we're practicing. We're answered. practicing some social distancing. You're only That's allowed true. on the course so off, so early before you're your not having time. those same interactions. Obvious, obviously, there is no there. Are, uh, I just don't quite disagree, don't quite agree with it, but there's no driving range yet. Uh, I think you're only allowed on the putting green when you're the next tee time up. So you're not yeah. really allowed to be around the clubhouse, hang around the people too much up until you're about ready to get going. Um, so we didn't have the chance to have those conversations. That said, I think there will be a return trip at some point 
um, not in the near future, but in the future. Yeah, and I think that, I mean, because it was your experience, I kind of just want to ask you some general questions yeah. here, dig into it, because this is we a do venue a mini, we that... We do a mini course review. This is a venue that has kind of gained prominence amongst Midwestern and Chicago golfers, uh, namely being within arm's distance, Sand mm-hmm. Valley of Chicagoland area, and there being such a rich and, dare I say, underserved golf community in Chicago, just mm-hmm. because there's such great private golf in the area, historic private golf. When you think of the Medinas, uh, the rich harvest farms, the Olympia fields, uh, the butter fields, like all these amazing country clubs. But when it comes to public golf, and I think we've talked about it on the pod in the past, Not much. I, have, I have long felt that Chicago is greatly underserved. Yeah. You take a little drive out to the burbs, play Schaumburg where they have country club level greens mm-hmm. all summer. And we have our courses that we like to play, but, um, you know, to take that drive and make a trip of it, what stole the show as a part of this trip, Matt? Because as you said, the short course was fun. You played the two other courses. Um, what what course, if, if someone was going up there to play a round, what do you suggest that they do? So if you're only going to play one round, I mean, Sand Valley was the more difficult course. It was the uh, better is a tough one. I, I don't know how, if I would call it a better course. It was definitely more difficult. And I think in the, the Golf Digest ranking, Sand Valley is 18. Amongst mm-hmm. public course in the country, Mammoth Dunes is about 27th. So okay. I would I would say that's probably about right. I have them pretty close in difficulty-wise. Sand Valley um, probably is why it has it. You know, it's ranked higher than Mammoth on that list because it is more difficult course. If you got a chance to play, I mean, like we were lucky enough to play it three times or to play you know three different rounds, not counting the short course. We played <laughs> Mammoth Dunes twice and Sand Valley once. I think that's about right. Uh, if you only have one round, I would suggest Sand Valley just because it is their feature course. Okay. Um, but I think if you get the chance to play, you know, two or three, or, you know, three rounds like we were, I w- I'm glad that we played Mammoth more than we did Sand Valley because Sand Valley is a very difficult golf course. It's an exhausting golf course. And quite honestly, like, there are points around the greens where I was kind of thinking to myself, I didn't play that well on the front nine, but kind of thinking to myself, like, this is almost borderline unfair to yeah. the average or even you know i would consider you and me in the above average kind of echelon there's still some holes where like i put that ball kind of where i wanted to i'm not really capable of hitting it in a in you know a certain eighth of the green and if you're not in that exact spot where you need to be your ball's not only you know 50 feet away it's going to roll off mm-hmm. too whereas mammoth is the greens are very big the fairways are incredibly wide it's a little bit more fair to the average above average golfer even below average golfer and that's that's really a whole other conversation of like taking these trips as, you know, as bonding moments with friends and people who love the game and sharing those experiences and just playing for that great shot, not exactly mm-hmm. chasing a number um, at these courses because if it's the first time out there, if you don't have that local knowledge of a caddy there or someone who really knows the greens, you know, the number could balloon. There could be a couple snowmen on the card, and and if you're if you're chasing that number, then then you've ruined your trip. You've wasted mm-hmm. your money. So um, I guess just another conversation to be had there about um, you know sharing those moments with with people in a foursome and that being the focus of a trip. I myself played. I was lucky enough to be invited to play. Um, it's called Madison Country Club out here a couple of days ago and fun little course. Just like exactly what you want out of a club course. No mm-hmm. two holes were the same. No throwaway par fours. Couple couple short, gettable par threes. Couple long, super tough par threes. Played at a par 70, only two par fives on each uh, side. Interesting. Re- really interesting par fives. But what I loved about it was 
there were some green complexes, not shared greens, but greens that were close enough to where they had a shared collection area. They were both like let so okay. it was so it was seventeen green and nine green were adjacent to each other. Nine green was shaved right side down to the collection area. Seventeen was shaved left side down to the collection area. So like just like these little quirks and designs were so cool. I mean, you step off the back patio of, again, no one's sitting in the, in the Adirondack chairs or, or enjoying the patio, but mm-hmm. literally you step 10 feet off the patio, you're on the first tee or you're on the 18th green. It all kind of cozies right to a corner that you think of, you know, country club golf, right into the beautiful kind of pillared, white pillared uh, clubhouse. And, and we were a stone's throw from the Atlantic Ocean. So How'd we cool, hit go- cool golf experience on my end as well. Hit him fantastic. Was playing with my boss, so had to step the game up. Yeah, you got to uh, look I, good there. We're not, we're not going to talk numbers here, but had a putt, had a putt for the number on, uh, on 18, 20-footer that didn't go. But we, we were super happy with the number we ended up with. Wedged it around there nicely. Um, left myself, you know, minimized the miss is what I did. And that's when you end up with a chance at the number uh, that you got circled on any given yeah, day. But, I, um, I feel like golfers like us, the, the best rounds aren't necessarily when you're hitting it, the apps, like when you're made hitting a ton your of best pars, shots. You know? it's when just you're, made a ton of pars. It's when you're not making a lot of bad shots. Like it, yeah. I, I can score, we can score low, not necessarily when I'm hitting my best drives, but just when I'm hitting the ball relatively straight, straight and I'm playing mistake-free golf. Like that's, I guess for us, and we're kind of, scoring lowest not necessarily when we're making some of those fantastic shots matt you know we could sit here and talk about our games all day but uh, who wants to listen to that so that's kind of where i was going with that that i uh, kind of segued from your round to my round Mm -hmm. your round you're obviously sharing with people that you share thanksgiving christmas and holidays with yeah um i was lucky enough to play with my my boss who is a awesome guy and like out on the course just another one of the guys i mean even in the even at work just another one of the guys Mm -hmm. an amazing television mind um, but played with two of his buddies and got to know two people. And that's been my golf experience largely for the last hell, five years. Like I'll come home and I'll play with loved ones. It's a great way or, to get to or, know some people or they'll come here, but I've played so many rounds of golf, just getting in the car, being either going out to the course saying you got room for one or booking a time mm-hmm. for one and you get paired up and, and you get to know people. And I've met so many amazing people through the game, but, um, I guess I don't know. I don't know if I'm posing this as a question or anything, but sure. Just, just the golf trip, your experience. Yeah. To be able to share those moments. Do you ever? Do you ever have a moment out on the course where you just kind of take a deep breath and you know remove yourself from the game and realize how lucky you are to just be playing golf with you know your best friends and your family? Yeah, you know, I think it, every year we've kind of done this. I mean, this is what this is probably. I mean, I guess one year was technically my cousin's bachelor party, so it wasn't really a golf trip per se. We played some golf yeah. on there. So this is probably like different branding, fifth, same idea, different, probably branding. like the fifth time, fourth, fifth time we've done this. And I think every year, you know, the older we get, the harder it gets to, you know, see each other all the time and see each other as often as we used to. So you do take, you, you, you take for granted, you, you, the older you get, the less you take for granted the chances yeah. you get to spend, you know, the weekend and, you know, be up there, be on the golf course kind of with your friends. And I play golf with, you know, Mike and Tim all the time. I, I don't get to mm-hmm. play that much golf with, you know, my other cousins around there and just having us all around for the weekend makes you feel a little bit like it's a little bit throwback to the younger days, to the high school days. Like you know, you, it, it gives you that feeling of, you know, being home that you, you mm-hmm. don't have all that often anymore. And especially during this time of quarantine where you haven't seen anybody in a while. Um, don't we, we practice social distancing, everybody. We, we kept it as safe as we possibly could. We stayed within the guidelines of the course. Um, but it was, it was, 
great to kind of be all back in, in one place. And it's, it's a fun little tradition that we've tried to um, keep going, you know, once a year here. Yeah. It's, it's an amazing thing to have. And, you know, just to have golf be that common denominator, something that you could be competitive about something that everyone's pretty passionate about on the trip. Um, we, we had a good balance too of like, we were all very different golf levels. Obviously my brother, Mike on the trip is head and shoulders above every, you know, above the yeah. rest. We got, you know, kind of a middle group there. That was me, my brother, Tim, uh, my, my cousin, Brian, and his buddy, Mike Samino. And then, you know, my cousin Reed is kind of right there around us. And then Gino and Johnny play like, you know, once or so a year, which I think Gino, and are still, uh, like I think for playing once a year last year, yeah. they were fantastic. Yeah. Gino, <laughs> I, we played, uh, we played this, uh, um, at the, the sandbox twice. We played Thursday afternoon evening. Mm-hmm. And then we played just our only round of the day was Saturday, kind of 10 30 before we took off at the sandbox. And we did a little Ryder Cup that uh, my team got kind of smoked in, um, simply because Mike was on the other team. Mike pretty much admittedly said, I'm doing myself and golfers six, seven, and eight. And (laughs) I've played golf with Gino for a while, like you said, for a guy who never really plays. He plays, I think he said the last time he played was Palm Springs. Really? Uh, This kid on that, the the, the 17-hole short course was just throwing darts. Like it was, guys, I've never, some guys are just good at everything. It you was know? some, some guys figure out a way to just be really good at everything. He seems to be one of them was just throwing darts and he ended up ultimately, uh, kind of helping be, you know, was that second guy on that team, uh, along with Mike, mm-hmm. but we, we were able to play some games that kind of got everybody involved that, you know, gives everybody a chance to be competitive, whether you're, you know, Mike or whether you're a guy who yeah. plays like Gino, you know, once a year, um, um it's a fun way to do that. Matt, uh, before we get to some mailbag here and talk about a little bit of PGA Tour news uh, sure. on the docket, how was the logo? And it's a weird question. No, it's not. Course, course logos are so important because a course logo is everywhere. It's on the merch. It's on the scorecard. Mm-hmm. It's kind of – it sets the tone for the course. Um, if I'm not mistaken, isn't it uh, some sort of elephant looking? So all – actually, all three courses have three – you know, they got three different logos. Uh, okay. Mammoth Dunes is the the elephant, the woolly mammoth, which I think is the coolest of the three. Uh, okay. Sand Valley's co- logo to me is fine. I'm, I'm actually wearing it's a quarter zip from there now. It's a, it's a, like, a, like a hybrid <laughs> S and a V. It's, it's okay. It's not bad. Okay. It's, it's, it's going to blow you away. And the Sandbox actually has a pretty cool logo. It's like a shovel – kind of going through like a little mini like sandbox shovel kind of going through the middle of the board sandbox outlined by like the shape of a shovel um so it's it's really pretty cool now we came away with a quarter zip anything else oh yeah i I mean yeah so it was they had to they had to keep the retail shop closed due to you know the the rules and regulations in wisconsin now but they the way they set it up was order in our online store and in the gift portion, se- you know, do it for pickup in the gift portion segment, give us your name and you can come pick your order up a couple hours Beautiful. later. Um, so it was, it was a little nice, it was, it was a nice little workaround. Not the same that you'd have, I'm, I'm sure the, the experience in the store, you'd have found some more stuff. Maybe couldn't have seen online or didn't love see good, online. Love a good clubhouse find, you know, but they, they, a, I, a, I agree. an ashtray, a paperweight, you know, some, some stuff you really don't need. I, I, that's, uh, that that usually adds on at least like fifty more dollars to my order. Remember <laughs> when we were when we were at the Masters a, co- a couple of years ago? I probably added a hundred dollars extra to my bill just from the stuff they have standing at the checkout line. It's like, oh, I that, played that a fourth free. round. I pu- played a fourth round on the merchandise course. That's all it was. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse um, me. Um, but it was but, it was a blast. It was a great weekend. The the cool part about i mean the most mm-hmm. of these courses these resorts do have you know different rates depending on what time of year it is so if, if you're like us where you're still looking to you're, you're not willing 
you can't really break the bank completely to go away on a golf weekend. Yep. Um, if you're playing like we were in early May, if you're waiting till you know the end of September, early October, take a little, willing to take a little bit of risk on the weather. Uh, it's incredibly affordable. I think it was 110 around, but the second day when we played both courses, we got a replay rate since it was our second round of the day. So we played Mammoth Dunes for $55, oh, which awesome. is like, it's, it's pretty much nothing. Uh, yeah. We stayed in an eight person cabin, which was really cool. It was like the main area was its own thing. And then it kind of had like screen, uh, you know, it had glass doors. You can walk out to basically four separate home to- hotel rooms. Uh, which was really kind of nice. So it, it was. It felt like you were together, but if you wanted to go be by yourself, kind of in your own room, you still had your own little area. Get your and, get your mind right. Get your yeah, mind right for fo- the next day. Focus up, focus up, yeah. or maybe just your body hurts really, really bad at ten o'clock at night, and you've had a few beers, and you just want to lay down and go to sleep while everybody else is talking. Who knows? Well, um, I'm glad to hear that it was a successful weekend, another fantastic weekend for the books and uh, for the game of golf. You know, the, the Rooney family adds rich history to uh, to any and all that they come in contact with. So I do want to guys... share one quick story about there or about the, yeah. the rounds we round. The, uh-huh. It was the first hole Mammoth Dunes. We had back to back tee times and the starter was kind of giving us the, the little spiel on the course and said, you know, here's hole number one. This is what you want to do. If you want to go, if you're if you're a big hitter, you go down the right side. You kind of it's 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 kind of right to left sloping fairway with a big hill on the right. It's like hey, if you're mm-hmm. a big hitter, hit it over that hill on the right. It's going to feed down kind of real close, to, you know, close to the green for you. Have a nice easy second shot. Otherwise, just kind of let it rip. And of course, uh, my brother played from my brother Mike played from the back tees, aimed down the you know right rough line right over the hill and put one about you know 320 yards carried this hill and just an absolutely perfect drive and it was one of these several moments that me and my brother my other brother tim while playing with mike have just kind of looked at each other and just said you know f you come on we can't we can't invite this guy anymore we can't invite this guy anymore um it it has been nothing but uh Amateur talent on courses, but that is going to come to a change in the not too distant future. Matt, we got to talk Can't a little bit PGA Tour news here. Not, I guess, technically PGA Tour news, but PGA, PGA Tour, Tour players, players playing golf on television. Mm-hmm. Uh, in six days, we have the match between Rory DJ, uh, Ricky Fowler, and Matt Wolf. In thirteen days, we have Tiger and Peyton versus Phil and Brady. And in thirty-one days from today, the recording of this podcast on the eleventh. I think it's June eleventh. The May, June? Is it, we're it's not we're June. in May. It's May. It's definitely still May. It's all. No, well, you, well, I thought you said that in 31 days. It will yes, be. yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I was trying. I was trying to remember what day it was. Gotcha. Not. Yeah. I wasn't trying to do the math. Oh yeah. No. Uh, 31 days. Charles Schwab Challenge will relaunch it is May 11th. the PGA Tour season. All of these things, as well as the first four PGA Tour events, will take place without fans. The first PGA Tour event, event that hasn't been strict of fans is oddly enough uh, located quite centrally to the chicagoland area with the john deere classic mm-hmm. uh being played where did they play that i can't question. remember off the top of my head it's yeah, not far um but that i mean that's tentative as well so we'll see if there are fans but that is where i want to go with this matt obviously we're john deere classic is july golf. 6th or sorry month, the week of july 6th we are uh Obviously thrilled to get some live sports back on television. We got a taste of that this past weekend with UFC 249. But, you know, I enjoyed it, but it didn't necessarily scratch the itch. And I am a UFC fan, but it's making me realize, or it made me realize this past weekend, how important fans are to this whole thing that we do. And how important the soundtrack of 
of these rooms and these mm-hmm. arenas and these courses is just as important as the shots that are being hit. Like it was interesting to experience the UFC being able to hear the strikes and actually hear some of the corner instruction clearer than you would on a normal broadcast because of the fans. But like when Francis Ngannou in 20 seconds lights up his opponent, like I, I, I need that swell of volume. And mm-hmm. I think golf is going to seem especially hollow with no fans out on the course. Like fans, fans indicate the moment and obviously we're aware of the moment, but it just, it's just missing something. And I'm not saying that let's wait until we get fans fully back in stadiums and yada, yada, yada. No, have sports, have no fans, like at least wet the beak here a little bit, but it's just been glaring how hollow everything has felt without fans. I do think these, now I only watched the undercard. I did not, uh, I didn't pay the 70 bucks or whatever it was for the, uh, for the main event or the main card. I didn't notice it a ton. I, I didn't feel that big of an absence without the fans a ton. Uh, I, I mean, obviously after the fight, it was kind of weird not hearing, you know, you know, people go wild, especially in big punches, knockouts, whatever. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel that like it was missing that much, but I do agree with you. And like when the golf tournaments start to roll around, if we do get to, you know, baseball, if we do get to basketball, hockey, whatever, hearing that empty arena is going to make that much of a bigger difference for me. Now, now I will say these two matches we have coming up, I don't think it's going to suffer all that much because like a, a two on two match, I'm not watching those guys compete to see it, you know, to hear a gallery around them. And we've kind of seen the tiger film match already where they, I don't believe there were fans there for that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the match play scenario, whatever, is going to be okay without it. But I do agree when the golf tournament rolls around and there's not a gallery clapping, you know, when Brooks Kepka drains a 20 foot birdie putt or you know whatever, I do think that's going to be very strange. Yeah, it we're, worth like it. Said, I'm we're, still worth it. I'd rather we're have it be aware than of not. it. It's just going to be, um, it's going to be an, and I hate to say it because these athletes all work very hard. And they're going to be deserving of whatever comes their way, but mm-hmm. there's going to be an asterisk next to every single championship title, whatever you want to call it, if there aren't fans in the stands for me. It, it affects the game. It affects the players. It affects the individuals. If we play a U.S. Open right here at Winged Foot and there's, and there's no fans to incite fear in mm-hmm. a first year tour player who maybe has a shot on Sunday. Yeah. Or if we're, you know, if we're playing football games on Sundays and there aren't fans in the stands for the first half of the season, well, it's going to be a whole lot easier to go into Lambeau field. Or it's going to yeah. be a whole lot easier to go into Kansas city. Um, it is going to affect games and outcomes. And that's why, while we'll hopefully years and years from now look back on this time as just a point in history, it is going to it takes mar, a, it kind of it's takes going to away mar home, the outcome. It takes away home court advantage. It makes the for them. I mean, with the exception of not having to travel if and when that's that's what we you know the basketball or hockey whatever ends up doing, and, and people are still traveling whatever. It does take away. You know, you're in your own bed. You don't have to travel. But other than that, you're right. The environment's no different than if you're playing on your own court, anything like that. There's no fans to worry about. There's there's nothing that gives once they once you tip the ball off, drop the puck, kick the ball off, whatever. There's nothing that gives that home team the advantage anymore. So it, it really takes away the reward of the good regular season. 
Yeah, but like I said, come one, come all, bring bring yeah, the sports back. Give me all back. the sports. I'll give happily me all watch the sports. Like that, but I, I agree. We'll watch you. them. I'll I'll find a, a you know like a, a, a I'll embed a track. I'll just play it on like my Bose pill. Um, there my beat my whatever. Yeah, my Bose. Uh, portable speaker just a little bit of crowd noise maybe some birds some 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 gnat sound if you will i like that um pipe it in your own living room uh we got a couple golf related mailbags here we do i I, we had a we were doing a golf pod so i decided to solicit the uh the listeners for some golf uh mailbag questions i will preface this like i usually do if we don't get to yours today don't worry we're storing just about all mailbags we get um, the first one I want to bring is from Nick Lucy. Uh, okay. good question for anybody going on a golf trip or just playing around with four buddies. What's your go-to, uh, game you play on the course, you know, when you're, when you're out there with your mm. foursome, with your buddies, not necessarily when you're playing like you are sometimes when you're the solo on a, on a threesome there. Um, but when you are out there with your buddies, want to get a little competitive, want to throw a little money on it, what, what game are you playing? Uh, you know, can't beat a nice simple scotch match. We played a lot of that in college and uh, that's always a good time. But one game, I'm going to give you a game that you can put on top of any game and it's called snake and snake is a three putt game. So sort of simple rules here before the match or before the round, whatever you're doing, um, you throw a tee up in the air, whoever it lands on is snake. You agree upon a dollar amount, um, for three putts and everybody throws that in the pot right off the bat so let's say four players you're all playing for ten dollars everyone's in for ten dollars um pots automatically forty dollars mm-hmm. um whoever snake gets that forty dollars until they three putt once they three putt they pass snake to the next player so you have to figure out order if you want to do that handicap however you want to do that reverse handicap um they pass the snake to that person and they put another $10 in the pot. So pot's 50. Um, then that guy three puts the next hole, let's say. He puts $10, pot 60. Whoever on 18 is holding the snake and doesn't three put. So let's say you're you're on 18, you finish it out with a two putt, you were the snake for the last five holes because you hadn't three putted, you take the pot home. So it's essentially a three putt game. And snake gets, pa- you want to be the snake. Snake gets passed when you three putt. I okay. feel like I did a bad job of That's explaining okay. that. No, it, I, I think um, take me out sum- to golf with you, and I'll explain it when we're the way. Out. The way you summed it up is just don't three putt. Don't three putt. That, that's if you three putt, you're putting money in the pot, and you're all the way on the back end of the snake. So you're there's a chance if you give up snake on the 14th hole or later, it, it's not coming back to you. Okay. So yeah. it, you gotta you gotta protect the snake. I like that. I uh, I got I got two that I usually play. I mean I I'm not even going to mention best ball. I mean if you're at a course that you want to play, everyone wants to keep their own score. Just kind of going two on two best ball is never a bad idea. Everybody gets to kind of play their own score, but also be competitive with it. Um, one game I I like playing is is called the uh, it's a not quite a scramble. It's a Texas scramble, which is you know you divide up into twos. And Which is a scramble with brisket. Yes, you get barbecue at the end of each <laughs> hole. Uh, no, it's your you get to choose which drive you want to play from your mm-hmm. team, and then you play. Everybody plays out the shot from there. So it's not necessarily a true scramble where you know, you get to play, pick each, um, you know, pick the best of each shot. So you pick the best yeah. drive, and then each man plays from there. So if you got a guy like me who you know t- tends to lose it to the left sometimes off the tee, Joe, and you play with somebody like yourself who's usually more straight and narrow off the tee, that makes for a good team. You put one Ooh, in the fairway. Me, you you put one in the fairway. <laughs> I get a chance to go after one. Um, that's a nice way to play. And then also, uh, wolf, 
is, is another one I like to play. Um, I haven't played this one in a while, so if I get the rules a little bit uh, you know, fudged up here, I apologize. Um, but essentially, you rotate whole, you, you, at the beginning of the, uh, the round, you set in an order for who's going to tee off when, um, who's first, second, third, fourth. After each, uh, after, um, each hole, there is a wolf. Uh, the mm-hmm. wolf always hits last on each hole, so every hole the order change. You know, you drop down, and then everybody moves up a, a spot. Um, but the wolf has after player A tees off, whoever's hitting off, the wolf can either choose to play with player A or wait to see what player B does. After yes, player I've B tees wolf, off, yeah. he can choose to play with player B or he can choose to play, play with player C does. Mm-hmm. After player C tees off, he can choose to play with C or he can before B he wolf. tees off choose to be the lone wolf. Yeah. Um, and in that case, it's three on one. If you choose to play with player C, A, B, or C, it's obviously then two on two. Um, if the wolf wins by himself, he picks up four points. I believe if the wolf wins with whatever partner he selects, he picks up two. And if the team that the wolf doesn't select wins, they pick up three points. Um, so it's a little bit, a com- little bit complicating there on the scoring. If no, if it's a, it's a, if it's a tie, then there's obviously yeah. no points. The points do not roll over. Um, but it, it's a fun way to be able to play your own ball, kind of be able to rotate, play with everybody. Um, and also, um, I forgot what I was going to say there. And also, um, yeah, but no, it kind of just, it goes to the greater point, Matt, that like, no matter what game you want to play, like there's, we get so caught up or at least you myself, I feel like the large percentage of golfers get so caught up in the number they want to shoot that day. Mm-hmm. And there are, a thousand and one ways to have fun, hustle money, win a different way than just shooting the 79. You yeah. know, there's, there's other ways to win on any given day. And sometimes on these tougher courses, you know, playing one of these games to give yourself a shot at something else is exactly what you want to be doing. I think the, the one game that you introduced us to uh, last year in Palm Springs that we played. Oh, part three, it, game. it, yeah, part three it, games it, as it simple was, as it gets. Yeah, it wasn't an every hole thing, but every par three, every guy threw five bucks into the pot. Um, if you closest to the pin wins, provided they don't three putt from where they are closest and to if, the pin wins, uh, if par, no, par cashes, if you make the birdie putt, it's double $10. That's correct. Out Forgot about you. Don't you double if you it's, yeah, make double if it's a birdie. And then if nobody wins, nobody pars, uh, you roll over until the next hole and it becomes and 10 bucks, 10 bucks a putt or 10 a bucks in, a, a hole in ones. I don't know if we played this, this, but this is a stipulation. We like to play at home too. hole in ones, pay a hundy. Uh, I like from that. everybody. Hole in one's that pay evens out because whoever hits the hole in one also has to buy around. Yeah, so. You're buying the drinks with yeah. the with the three hundred bucks you just made. Yeah. But um, speaking of which, uh, I don't know if he's a listener of the podcast. I know he has casually in the past. But John Lewis, a congratulations goes out to uh, a brother of ours, uh, John Lewis, with his first career hole in one over the weekend at Geneva National on the surprise. Tra- that's no, his they were first. on. They were on the uh, no. What were they on? They were on the player course when he got the hole in one. They played thirty six this weekend, uh, a foursome of buddies, and uh, got his first career hole in one. And that's what I said of all the rounds of golf for Saturday to have been that fateful round where you finally get off the schneid and get your first hole in one. Kids played competitive golf since grade school, never had one, and had one of the weekend. A big congrats to John Lewis. On we uh, we also witnessed the hole in one this weekend. Did you really? Not a, re- a real one. Uh, okay. It was on the uh, the sandbox short course, short course. and some of these tee shots, like some of the tees and greens, are, are short enough and you know wild enough that you can actually put off there. Yeah. Um, and we had a guy. We had we were playing as an eight some on the sandbox because they don't really care as long as you just you know you got to force some, threesome behind them, let people through. Yeah. We did. 
Um, dude steps up. I think it was the ninth hole. It was this really wild, wild kind of green that had like if you missed it, you basically your ball ended up in this bowl. And he just kind of took out his putter and let one rip and, and drained what had to have been like a 500 foot putt. <laughs> that's obscene. Did yeah. you guys go nuts? We, we all went pretty nuts. Uh, oh, that's awesome. Part of it was it was, you know, about seven o'clock at night. We've been playing golf for, you know, since you're out noon. Here, so we, we you're were out quite here a few beers stories deep. stories but... about your brother's drive on one, burying the lead about a 500 foot putt you saw. I forgot about it until you said, what the hell, Matt? I forget. (laughs) It was a long weekend. All right. Uh, Do we have another mailbag before we we say goodbye to the people? We got one. I I was debating suspending our good friend, Parker Carroll, for um, calling us us liars uh, on Twitter for not recording an episode last week. But he he holds us to a higher standard for that week. We thank him. That's why he's just holding us to the the championship level standard. And I appreciate that. Um, more of a general question, but he wants to know what's the best way to get it. How do you get 36 in, in a day? What's the best way to go about that? Obviously we've both done that before. It's a long day. It's a lot of golf. How do you, how do you break down everything from the meals, from, from how much, you know, you're going to drink, how much gambling you're going to do on the course? What do you do? Um, talk, talk us through your ideal setup. Ideal 36, 36. Ideal 36 is... Have a cart. I've fallen in love with walking golf, though, these last few months. I will agree. I like it, but if you're going to walk, you get walk to 18, see so much more of the course. Yes, walk 18, drive 18. That, that's actually how I would ideally split it up. If you're going to give me the ideal setup, I want cart or no i want to walk the first 18 yeah. with a cat with a caddy if we're at the top of course and we can get a caddy walk 18 with the caddy or with the push cart um the first 18 i want to tee off 8 30 have a little bit of a late lunch around let's call it one o'clock 1 30 uh and get out there for the second nine no later than like 2 30 three o'clock middle of the mm-hmm. summer um you get that sunset at the end of the round gambling gamble the whole day gamble within your means always gamble the whole day um, but lunch in between, uh, nice cold towel on the neck, um, feet up. But the big thing here, and I've, I've, I've lent this knowledge on the Moose News podcast around the Palm Springs trip last year, mm. extra pair of socks. Always. 36 holes. Socks should only – you should only play 18 holes. I'd like to change holes every turn. I'd like to change hole uh, or change, change socks. socks every turn. I'd like to change – I'd like to have a two – I'd like to be a two-sock around guy. Um, but that's not the case. If, if you have the means, 36, I think you change the wardrobe. Really. Yes. Change the wardrobe. If you're playing 36 in July and you've swept through the first shirt, you go for another shirt. Um, maybe, maybe that's your excuse. I sweat through this first one. I got to go into the clubhouse and pick up a shirt. I'm always looking to like game plan an excuse for me to spend a hundred dollars. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. This thing's drenched. I can't swing in this. I got to go. Can't do it. Just can't do it. Also need new socks, new glove, a quarter zip and the beanie. I know it's a hundred degrees up, but I need the beanie. Yeah. Um, it looks nice, but no, I, there's no, there's no right way to do it. I I'd say just from like an endurance standpoint is give yourself a break. Um, if you're going out there and, uh, you're of the talent level where you know you're not chasing a score. You just want to play these games. If you've lost the hole and you're on hole 22 of the day, and you just can't seem to figure it out, pick the damn thing up, walk mm-hmm. to the next tee, keep playing your match. Like, give yourself a break when playing 36. It's not like it's not like there was a rain delay on Friday and we have to play Saturday, Sunday, both on. Or it's mm-hmm. not like there was a rain delay at the U.S. Open and we got to fit in 36. It's it's not what it is. Go out there, have fun, forget about your score unless you're really chasing it that day and you're feeling it, and just go have a blast. 
I, I, I agree with just about everything you said. I, I do want to put an addendum. You said get your feet up, which I do agree with. You should get off the feet, but do not get horizontal. Do not no, 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 no. lay down. The second no, no. you lay down, you're done. <laughs> That's the second it. you lay down, your second 18 is done. You're cast. It's over. You're not, if you're able, when you're able to get back up, you're going to fear, feel so much more tired, that much tired. Rest, let your body recuperate a little bit, but do not let yourself nap. Do not let yourself get horizontal because then is it there, is over. Is there a better plop down than the couch plop down after 36? Though? No, that was because we walked all 36 and uh, did not have a caddy. It was, it was push carts for all of them. There was not a better beer or a sit down, uh, also not a better shower. Um, oh, put that no. on the short list of beers. Not the, not the 19th hole. The, 37th the 37th hole beer. Wow. I will wow. say, I do agree with your premise of gambling the whole day. Um, if you are a, if you're like, if you're a golfer who is looking for a score, maybe that first 18, if you still want to find ways to be competitive, do, you know, do a best ball, do a two on two best ball, something where you can stay kind of competitive, but also kind of do yeah. your own thing, play your own ball, all that. And then I think for the second 18, you can get as gimmicky as you want to. Again, provided it's a, if it's a course that you're only going to play once in your life, then okay, and do whatever you want. But if it's a course that you're able to play a bunch that you're not worried about, you know, this particular round, get gimmicky, play whatever games you want, hit other people's, uh, you know, do do you know, play a scramble, play Texas scramble, whatever. Just make sure I, you're out there having fun. But that yes. that's the one to get a little bit more gimmicky for me if you really want to get fun. I'd also say that. I'd also say, Matt, because a lot of times you're rushing to figure out what game you want to play on the first tee. So what are we playing today, guys, mm-hmm. as like you're warming up to take your first hack of the day? Mm-hmm. And I'd say that's part of the excitement is if you know you're playing on Saturday with the boys. Come up with Friday, what you want to play. Get, on Friday, get the group text going. Fire it up. Get excited about it. And I think that's a, a, a way for you know people who maybe aren't as in love with the game as we are to like – to approach this game from a really, really fun standpoint. It's and, like these other little games that you could be playing that you don't necessarily have. Like to play Snake, the game that I laid out, you literally just have to be able to swing a putter. Like uh-huh. you don't have to do anything outside of that to play Snake, to have $100 on the line on the 17th tee with a five-foot knee knocker to not three-putt. Like those yeah. are that's what, you're, that's what you're getting at. That's what you're angling for there is that competitive moment that we miss so much because we're not – you know, in competitive sports anymore. Yeah, I agree. Uh, that, that's a that's a good way of putting it. And I don't think I, I didn't address at least the, the the drinking part. Whether you're going to space it out, get it all in. Provided, drink the whole time too. provided you're not mix in a water, drink the whole time. Provided no. you're not driving, <laughs> I do want to throw that disclaimer. Yes. In. Provided you're not driving anywhere at the end of the day, you got a cabin or you got a ride, whatever. There's it. You can have a beer at 8 a.m. if you really want it. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with See, it. See, I'm it's a great. big fan. I'm a big fan. If if we're going off the 36 hole premise here, a dry 18 off the top, maybe try and shoot my score first 18, and then just let the head down. I had get a, them flowing. I had a dry nine in Sand Valley. Part of it was that's, yeah, that's part of it was it was 8:30 in the morning. And I just didn't want a beer or anything yet. <laughs> Another part of it was I was I, I was you know just like you said, I was trying to you know. Uh, space myself out for the day, you know, just kind of get you know the first eighteen in, and then open it up uh, for the last eighteen. I played so bad on the uh, on the front nine, like it was it was very Booze very was bad. Required. The swing was not. I I went to the uh, the starter house and I requested three Miller lights. All of and the a, vodka. Give me all of the vodka. Three Miller lights and a Snickers. 
uh, ate the Snickers and the Miller Lite by that. That was after nine. I, by the middle of the tenth fairway, I was done with a Miller Lite and the Snickers. Now, are you are you a dunker? Do you dunk your your Snickers and your I, don't, I, I don't dunk the Snickers and the Miller Lite. <laughs> I, I, I did request a fork and a knife. They didn't have it for me. Ah, that's a shame. Um, but it was uh, by the you know tenth hole or middle of the tenth hole. I was feeling much better. I, my my cousin said I um, was basically living in a Snickers commercial. They're like, hey, you suck at golf. Grab yourself a Snickers. <laughs> Uh, played a lot better as Taylor too. Matt, you're not usually this tired. Try a Snickers. Try a Snickers. Uh, but I, I, I'm provided you can still get yourself to the end of the second 18 and you're, you're able to stand and swing a golf club. I don't think there's a, a wrong time or a bad time to have a beer. Again. I think, uh, it, I think Matt, it's one of the few times it's socially acceptable to drink at 9 a.m. There's also never a wrong time. To, it's like a tailgate uh, day. It is. It's a it's a marathon, not a race. Mm-hmm. And uh, we appreciate you being on this marathon with us, the Moose and Nudes Podcast, episode one fifty two. Yeah, that was as we uh, was as good. we just as we just fall in love all over all over again with the game of golf. Uh, happy that sports are on their way back, and uh, hopefully you guys can get out there, enjoy the game yourself. If it's not your game, uh, introduce yourself because uh, it does so much. You know, and it's it's perfectly indicative in this time of just how badly golfers want their golf to be able to go out on the course, whether they got to wear a mask, play in twosomes, walk, whatever golfers need to do to get out there and swing it. They're doing it right now, and it shows you just how much this game means to all of us who love it so much. So get out there, uh, get involved with the game, and, and when the day comes, keep it in the short stuff. If, if we missed any of your games, too, that you guys like playing, let us know. Yeah. I, I, Joe and I are always uh, open, to and looking looking for new games to play on the golf course. So anything we didn't hit that you like to play that we missed, feel free to, uh, to tweet those at us. And that is going to do it for Moose and Runes, episode 152. For Matt, I am Joe. Tee it high and let it fly. We will talk to you guys later on this week with a full Moose and Runes podcast, episode 153. Until then, for Matt, I'm Joe. Goodbye. May God give you for every storm a rainbow, for every tear a smile, for every care a promise, and a blessing in each trial. I swear I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, but that was awesome. Chicken on the steak was phenomenal.